Welcome to the Living a Nordic Life podcast, where we explore a simpler, cozier and more intentional life the Nordic way. I'm Fiona McKinna, your Nordic Living Guide and founder of Living a Nordic Life, where I share all things Nordic living and show you that a Nordic life is the way to bring intentional calm and healthy habits into your own life, wherever you are in the world. Are you looking for ways to bring simplicity, coziness and calm into your life? Well, let me show you how. Visit the Living a Nordic Life website to explore how I can help you on your journey to simple, healthy and happy calm, the Nordic way. You can subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you want regular inspirational emails sent with love from Norway and straight to your inbox, don't forget to subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters. And so now let's dive into our episode. Welcome to this episode where we're going to be talking about what Nordic living is. Strangely, this seems to be a bit of a contentious subject in some places, so I thought it was a good idea to tackle it. You've probably already heard of Hygge, and it's often assumed that Nordic living is the same. Nordic living and Hygge are not the same, although many people assume they are, and they're often used interchangeably. Hygge is that famous Danish ideal of enjoying simple things around you and making the most of what you have. Nordic living is, in my opinion, a bit more deep. It certainly incorporates Hygge in some respects, but it also has aspects to it that are not always cosy, and sometimes it challenges us to get out of our comfort zone. In the long run, though, I've found that that's when the magic happens, and we see what we're capable of and what a difference it can make to our lives. That's a life lesson I've learned from Norwegians. Historically, they've always been a nation of people who are not afraid to get out of their comfort zone. And that kind of thing is highly valued here. Don't worry, I'm not going to be pressuring you into doing an army, Norwegian army-style boot camp, unless you want to. But it's good sometimes to see if we can push ourselves a bit and what magic comes from it whilst we're still having fun on the way. Anyway, look, I digress. We're talking about Nordic living and what it is, aren't we? For a start, a Nordic lifestyle is very personal. And that's why you're here, isn't it? To find your own path to Nordic living and learn a little bit, maybe with some guidance from me. But even within the Nordic countries, how people live is different from one nation to another, from one region to another, and even from one family to another. But there are some similarities that they all share and values that are held true regardless of location, nationality, or generation. So let's look at some of the big issues that cover all of the Nordic countries and then we'll break it down into smaller, more personal things. The first one is respecting each other and the environment. This is held in high regard and the utmost importance in all the Nordic countries. Respect, regardless of status, is paramount. The person driving the bus is afforded as much respect as the mayor or even the king. Everyone, regardless of their rank, nationality, colour or creed, is respected. And if for some reason that doesn't happen, there's something of an uproar and an outrage. Respect forms a foundation of Nordic society that is deep-seated and important. And it's one of the key elements of life here that makes it so desirable for others. Respect also goes between genders. 
all the Nordic countries are very good at equal opportunities for everyone. My next point is sustainability. This is an important aspect of many of the political decisions driven by the Nordic countries. They're able to see the long-term picture and plan for the world accordingly. It always amazes me how they can all contribute and donate to the future of the world without feeling the need to bank it. And living here, as a foreigner, it can sometimes feel like the Nordic countries are pulling much of the weight. I don't want to offend anyone, but that's how I see it from time to time. There's a great deal of time and investment put into sustainability and the future in the Nordic countries, and not just the future here, but the future of the world as a whole. Some of the most advanced heating systems, building regulations and forward-thinking planning takes place in the Nordics. For example, Sweden is leading the world in its building of wooden structures, including the world's first wooden skyscraper. Yep. And Norway has more electric cars per capita than any other nation. Both governments are heavily invested in these initiatives and gladly lead the vanguard in both aspects with financial incentives and rewards for those who use electric cars and plan sustainably. Now, I would be remiss and deluded not to touch on the subjects of oil and whaling, which still continues in Norway, Iceland and the Faroe Islands, which are part of Denmark. But these traditions are not so easy to break from. And one feels that the other sustainability issues are an effort to wean their countries off it and to counter them to some, to some extent. My third point is understanding the benefits and importance of nature. Gosh, this is so important. I can't stress it enough. From an early age, children in the Nordics learn the importance of nature to their mental and physical well-being. They have lessons outside. They have outdoor schooling where they learn about nature in their vicinity, how to light fires. Yep even little ones, cook outdoors, play outdoor games with nature as their playground. And they learn how the open sky, trees, grass and open spaces can make them happier and more balanced. This deep appreciation carries on through adulthood and for many people their rec recreational activities start and end in the outdoors. Weather puts no one off. Because of the knowledge and love of nature, it's included in a lot of important laws. And it's considered of the utmost importance to preserve and protect and for everyone to have the right to use it. So let's break things down into some of the more personal points. Eating seasonally and with thought. I've always been an advocate of seasonal eating. Being an ex-Cordon Bleu chef means I always look for the freshest ingredients and things like markets really light me up with all the colourful, fresh and seasonal produce straight from farms to market store. And let's face it, who isn't drawn by those sights and sounds? You can't walk past a market, can you, without wanting to go and have a look? That fresh smell of seasonal fruit and herbs, cheese straight from the dairy, vegetables with soil on them. But it's really since living in Norway that I've embraced it in my whole life. Because it's tough to find fruit and vegetables out of season here, and especially in the winter. There's also a culture of celebrating the seasons of each fruit, vegetables or produce. There are specific celebratory days for produce that is in season, like forikol dag. Forikol is Norway's national dish of lamb and cabbage cooked together in water 
and just some peppercorns and a little bit of salt until it's meltingly tender and the flavours have melded together. It sounds unappetising, I have to say, and it's not the prettiest dish, but it is absolutely delicious. But the point is that the day is in September when lamb and cabbage are both at their absolute best. And that encourages us to make the most of ingredients that are at the height of harvest and flavour. Another example is the annual berry picking. It's a casual event. It's not organised on a specific day. But it happens in forests all over Scandinavia in the late summer and early autumn. With everyone out picking blueberries, lingonberries, cloudberries, raspberries, whatever is around really. And if you asked anyone in Scandinavia when a certain berry was ripe, they would be able to tell you with precision, and most probably precision for their own particular region. That's one example. But it keeps people grounded in what should be eaten when. Work-life balance is my next point, and this is something that they do very well in Denmark. Work and personal life are kept very much apart in the Nordic countries, and having a personal life and a family is considered crucial to the health and well-being of a nation. The working day starts early here, but it also ends early at about 4pm, and people are out of that door and home for a relaxing evening with family and friends, and to do some activities. Having this extra time in the evening means that you have a happier nation. They're healthier and more balanced. Important appointments like doctor's appointments, parent-teacher meetings, or if you're sick, are taken seriously and they're not quibbled over. Employers are happy to give a little leeway. Now, I know this can be a tricky subject, can't it? Because we're usually dictated to by the culture of the country that we're living in or the culture of the country that we're brought up in. And I know from my own experience that you feel like you're fighting a battle for this one alone. I'll tell you a little story. I used to be an international event manager, a career change I took after working some crazy, crazy hours as a chef. And I ran my own event management company for many years. But one overriding factor that is always at the forefront of my memories was the lack of family life. And not for me because I was single and I didn't have children at the time but for so many of my colleagues and partners, and in particular those from the UK and USA. The companies they worked for insisted on them putting their work and career above all else, even their kids' and personal lives. And it was a very cut-and-thrust industry, so one had little choice, especially as a woman. I even got dragged into it myself, with really late nights hosting events, most weekends working, and clients calling me at 11pm on a Friday because they couldn't find their hotel. They were in Los Angeles, I was in the UK, so, you know, Friday night over. <clears throat> Looking back on it now, it seems incredibly harsh, and it's easy to see how that can quickly impact our physical and mental health. This next point is one that I love. Celebrating the everyday things and being appreciative of simple luxuries. One of my favourite things and something that raises my base level of happiness is this. In Norway, we have some simple weekly rituals that help us appreciate the everyday. And we use those in our family. Several days a week, there's something that is specific for that day, a special treat. But we can also enjoy daily simple luxuries. And it might be something like drinking out of your favourite cup 
or a special cup that you're keeping for some reason, you know, for a special occasion. That special occasion is now. Get it out, use it. And that gives you a little bit of pleasure. Or having some flowers around or some wildflowers that you've picked. It could just be dandelions. But something pretty that you get that moment of, oh, goodness, that's so lovely as you walk past it. That's the kind of simple luxury I'm talking about. That brings us on nicely to my next point, actually, which is making your home a sanctuary of coziness and warmth. Scandinavians are masters at creating a timeless and understated style to their homes. And I have to say, there haven't been very many homes that I've gone into that are not like that. I think it stems from those long, dark winters that we have here. You need to create a cosy nest that's welcoming to anyone entering, including yourself. And Scandinavian design has been popular and well-known for decades, with elegant and cutting-edge designs that easily stand the test of time. Like we were talking about earlier, we're all familiar with the concept of hygge and how that so often encompasses our homes and living environments. And that Nordic ideal is the core of making our homes cosy. It's personal. And it's all about making us feel at home, safe and welcomed. So now you have a very concise and very condensed version of what Nordic living is. So I wonder how many of these things you actually already do or have in your life or how many you're aware of and whether they're things that you would want to bring into your life yourself. In future episodes, we'll be including some of these things that we've talked about and looking at them in more depth. So I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Living Nordic Life newsletters so you can get an email when I release a new episode. It's a quick and easy way to keep up with all things Nordic living. Please visit livingandnordiclife.com. You can listen to Living a Nordic Life on lots of podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and plenty of others. If you've enjoyed the Living a Nordic Life podcast, why not leave me a rating? So that's the end of Living a Nordic Life for today, and I look forward to seeing you next time.